Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 176. And today we're talking all about video tutorials. Yes, that is right. Screencasting, tips and tricks, not just from us, but from the entire TeacherCast Educational instructional coaches network that is right we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about i am so happy that you're here today to celebrate a brand new year and with me as always is sue vincent sue how are you today welcome to the show i am great great to be back we are hanging in with things down here in kentucky and keep our heads above water how's it going up in connecticut it is great. I am so happy that you're here. Uh, we're going to just kind of hit the pause button and try this as if somebody was new. So, Sue, do us a favor. Introduce yourself. Where do you come from? Who are you? Let's just pretend that everybody out there is brand new today. We're going to have yeah, on the show. Definitely. Um, I'm Susan Vincents, and I am a K-12 technology integration specialist uh, for a school system. Um, I work for a private school system in Louisville, Kentucky and Southern Indiana. And I've been a tech coach for over 15 years. I always lose track. But yeah, I'm from, I live just outside of Louisville, Kentucky on about three acres with my husband and son. And you guys know me. I am an elite instructional coach in Connecticut, having a good time. And for the last 176 episodes, we've been putting together Ask the Tech Coach to support you. Now, the question, of course, is who are you? Perhaps you're listening to this and you're a coach, math coach, reading coach, literacy coach, instructional coach, heck, theater coach. This is that show for you. Each week and every week, we deep dive into important topics in the world of digital learning, future ready learning, instructional coaching, all of that great stuff. And we don't do it alone. We have an amazing network that we would like to have you join, a free network that we'd like to have you to join, our TeacherCast Instructional Coaches Network. And if you're sitting there going, wait a minute, did that name change over the last few weeks? It certainly did. Uh, I'm excited to announce that last week we decided to uh, update things. Our TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network has now become our Instructional Coaches Network because we kind of realized that tech coaching is just one part of coaching. There's a lot of different coaches out there, and we want to be very inclusive. We want to have everybody out there. Not only is it in one spot, but, Sue, we actually have decided to go double, actually. So starting now. We have an amazing instructional coaches network that is not just for coaches, but also designed for administrators. You can find us on Facebook, on a Facebook group. You can also find us on LinkedIn. So no matter what your flavor is, you can join one, you can join the other, you can join both. We would love to have you as part of that. And I'm going to show you a little bit about what's going on here in a few minutes. But essentially, if you guys head on over to our website, askthetechcoach.com, we are keeping that name. If you go over to askthetechcoach.com, uh, you can uh, click on the buttons. You can check out all of our blogs, all of our podcasts, download our free stuff. But most importantly, you can sign up to be a member of our Instructional Coaches Network. 
Sue, I am excited. We've had a, a little bit of a renaissance in the last couple uh, couple uh, weeks here, and we've yes. been doing some pretty cool things on our new home, our new platform, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'm very excited. On our Facebook platform, I was just checking um, as we're talking here, we're up to 153 members, and that's just been within since just this past weekend when we started this and we're recording here on a thursday evening and we're going to be doing some pretty neat things now that we're on these dual platforms in our facebook group we're going to be doing weekly themes now that doesn't mean that you can't go in there and ask questions yes we want you to come in and ask questions ask random questions ask pointed questions this is a community for all instructional coaches and administrators to get the help that they need on how to do their instructional coaching program. But each week we are going to come up with some kind of a theme. For instance, this past week, Sue, we've been talking all about screencasting, video tutorials, how to do it, what's your tips, what's your topics. And today I'm so excited to dedicate this show, episode number 176, to all the instructional coaches who have been in our Facebook group working on this topic and really sharing how they do video tutorials. I think you can agree with me here, Sue, that every coach at some point in time is asked to create some type of video tutorial. How do you do it? Where do you do it? Why do you do it? When do you do it? That's what we're here to discuss today. Absolutely. And this is one of my favorite topics to geek out on. So I'm excited about getting to talk about this um, here on the podcast. So yeah, screencasting is so important you know in the last few years we've dealt with the pandemic it's become even more important but that visual that the your teachers get whether it's the teachers in your own building or whether you're going further and sharing your videos more globally with your pln it is so important such an important way to connect with your audience and get your information out there one of the things that we've been working on this week is our coaches polls or what we call our hashtag coach polls. And I'm going to share with you today during our episode, a few of the coach polls out there, and you can still go into our coaches network and vote on it. But one of the topics that we asked is what is the platform that you're mostly using as a coach? And again, it's still young in this uh, Facebook group, but by by a large margin, Google over Microsoft, yes. which which I think is going to help us come up with, you know, the question of what's your favorite screencasting tip. Obviously, you're going to find that these coaches that are in our group so far are mostly doing Chrome extension based um, uh, screencasting apps yes. versus like major, major application based apps. Um, I found that fascinating. So what did you think? Yeah, I mean, it's very telling. And if you go to the network page and look at both of those polls, overwhelmingly, Google is the platform of choice. And then when you go look at the screencasting tools, overwhelmingly, Screencastify, which is a Google Chrome extension, is number one by a huge, huge margin. So let's talk a little bit about this, because we said, why is screencasting important? And, you know, we've already mentioned every coach at some point in time is asked to create some kind of a video tutorial. Why? (laughs) Why is that an important medium? Why can't we just write down the directions for how to do things? Why is it important that we all learn how to put this, uh, this, this video tutorial thing to good use? 
Well, just like our students, just like when we're teaching our students, we have to think about learning styles. So, you know, not all of our students are going to learn by reading a piece of paper or just by listening to you say it out loud one time. And our teachers are the same way that we coach, whether you're a math coach, whether you're a tech coach, what have you, getting those instructions in the form of a video and showing them what to do is hugely important for those visual and audio learners together. You know, one of the other polls that we put together basically asked, you know, how many people would consider themselves a professional, a newbie, a novice? And, and you know, amazingly here, Sue, the answer that that, that came out on top so far, and it's got 24 votes uh, with 14 being second place is the answer of I create tutorials often, but they ain't that great. And and I think that's okay, right? And yes. and we started talking about this in the in the comments on the chat here in the Facebook group. But I think when we're a coach and we're creating video tutorials for our teachers, I don't think that screencasts have to look professional. No, it's all about and that's one of the things we have written down in the show notes. It's all about being authentic and real. You don't want to come across as some fancy character playing role playing person in this video for a teacher that you're coaching you're wanting to get them the information and you want to keep that rapport that you have with them face to face keep that same rapport through that video that you're making for them and i believe also do it in the least amount of time you know when you and i make our tech coach weekly videos when i do my teacher cast videos i start with an intro and then i come on the screen and then i do a little splash and then i do a video and then i do an ending and you know i'm teacher casting it right but when i'm making it for my teachers it's dude if it's 90 seconds it's way too long Absolutely. And I'm same with my tech imaginations video. They look a little more, hopefully professional, but sometimes there's times when I'm making a video for just one teacher and I will address her or him directly, you know, Mrs. Smith, you know, look here and you're going to go here and it might be just a video directed right to them and them only. And I do it within a minute and send it on. Now there were some amazing video creators already who are in this group and are and are sharing their knowledge and if you're listening out there i say thank you yes. um, you know people who are in our group and, and these are channels that i look up to these are subscribers that i look up to the work that our friend john sowash is doing on, on chromebook classroom podcast his youtube channel is absolutely professional looks good Video is great. The screencasts are to the point. Um, our other friend, Dr. Krinus, who I know listens to the show, he makes amazing tutorials. Uh, Eric Kurtz, I always follow from Control-Alt-Achieve is out there. Our friend, Tom Gibson, who's uh, also kicking it on YouTube. He's got a lot of great stuff. The point is, it's about knowing your audience, right? Absolutely. Your YouTube audience is not your third grade audience. Sometimes a screen tutorial is just Sue, do this 30 seconds. You know, yes. I spent the last couple of days making screencasts on a, a for a social media platform that my school district is uh, launching. And I was creating a bunch of screencasts for our super admins, our, our cabinet people, right? Mm -hmm. They don't need Jeff. They don't need fancy. They don't need teacher cast. They just need how do I do this skill? Yes. What 30 seconds. Right. 
and they need to know how to find it and done. When I send them those videos or when I make up that screen, here's the video, here's the written directions. And by written, I mean bullet points. Like mm -hmm. click, 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 done, thanks. Now that is different than writing show notes, than writing a blog post, than writing a YouTube description that needs to be SEO friendly. So there's a lot of topics that we can go into here when it comes to screencasting. But really today, we're focused on coaches creating content for teachers trust me we'll talk about the youtube stuff later we've already covered a lot of that on teacher cast already but today is just for that but let's dive into some of these things there's a lot of different tools that are out there and we did ask a poll of what's your favorite now so go over some of the options maybe in order and and you know order look we got a hundred and some people in this group. It's brand new. So I'm sure that if you do this over time, the, the numbers might change. Right. But show us a little bit about where we are with, you know, what's your favorite screencasting app, Sue? So Screencastify was definitely the favorite in the group so far. But then others that were listed that are great also is Camtasia, Loom. Loom is another one that's really coming up in popularity and usability quicktime which if you're an apple user uh, screencast-o-matic um, that's been around for a while but still very reliable that happens to be what i use to publish my youtube videos and we video another great uh, tool on the chromebooks that, if you're that, a chromebook user that just completely reinvented itself this week yes, we video yes. classroom they're Lots definitely of great coming stuff on there. the scene and then ScreenFlow is another one flipgrid allows you to record and then another chrome extension if you're a chrome extension user to create those um gifs or gifs of little screencast is iorad i-o-r-a-d is there so those were several that were listed by just our users in the facebook group and when i look at these applications and when i teach these applications i look at them in two different categories right is it an application that gives you a screencast or is it a video editing application that has a screencasting feature? And just to, you know, Screencastify is a screen capturing device, a little bit of editing, but it's a screen capturing device, right? And I would use that for quick, dirty, in, out, thanks, go. No, yes. no, 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 no frosting on the cake, right? Just do it, go, right? Simple yeah, Google Drive, thanks. Yeah, when I mention I make those videos that are addressed directly to a teacher, that's where I go. And I do that because I want to either, you know, I'm either sitting next to a teacher and I want to show and pass on the skill or no, it's somebody saying, hey, Sue, where, where's that button again? And you're like, click, record, button push, right? Um, as opposed to Camtasia, WeVideo, and and ScreenFlow, I, I got to tell you, I'm a ScreenFlow user for the last 10 years. Love it. Um, ScreenFlow is very much Camtasia. One's more educational focused. ScreenFlow is more professional focused. But there's are amazing professional video editors. Yes. We video included that has a screencasting function to it. 
right? Absolutely. Where you can pull in multiple things. You can do multiple screencasts and it all dumps into one editor. Um, as opposed to, you know, yes, Flipgrid, you can point your camera at something and record it, or you can record your, you know, whatever, right? Like it's not necessarily a video editor. So there's a lot of great tools. We want to hear from you. The best way to do that is to head on over to askthetechcoach.com, join our instructional coaches network, and uh, share your thoughts on this. You can always find us on Twitter at askthetechcoach as well. Let's dive in here because this is the part where I, I, I find fascinating. Most of what we're going to be sharing with here, Sue, comes not just from you and I, but it comes from the network. And and if you are in our in our coaches network now, you're going to notice a lot of these things like, oh, I said that or somebody else. Maybe your comment. Maybe your comment. But I want to take screencasting today from four different categories, setup, recording, publishing, and then we'll talk the 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 icing, right? The graphics, the, yes. those kinds of things. And if you're just a regular, I'm making this for my teachers, who cares? But if you're publishing, we're going to dive into any of that stuff here. So setup, I think is important, right? And I had a coach the other day ask, do I record my screen or do I record my window? When do you do that? Um, so what's your thought on this? I'm curious. When do you when do you record your screen? When do you record the window? Do you have a philosophy on this? I I I love this topic. I tend to just record my screen and move on and just go with it. I've tried the recording like in Screencastify, you can record just your tab, but sometimes that cuts off um, in spots where I don't want it to cut off. So I tend to just lean more toward recording my whole screen and go on. I agree. And the reason why I agree is because when you're recording your tab, when you're recording a, a window on, let's say, a browser or something or an application, you don't know what size you're actually recording. And then you bring that into your video editor and you know your video editor is like 1280 by 720. It's a high high definition screen size. It's just off. Now, yes. if I'm recording my PowerPoint application and I want to show off how to do something and I'm just sending it to Sue, who cares? Exactly. Right. I'm going to I'm going to record just the PowerPoint screen. Here's my 30 seconds and I'm out. But if I'm actually doing something with this where it's going to have some substance or some kind of production through it. Yeah. Then I do full screen. I make sure the browser window, the application window is full. Um, I clean up my desktop. You know, I, 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 I clean the room a little bit, but absolutely, you know, making sure that you see the whole screen because you can always edit out things. You can always edit around it. But first of all, you know, make sure that you have the whole screen. The other reason why I suggest doing that, and not every application works the same way, but it's sometimes I find that when you just record the window, it doesn't record the mouse. Yes, I've had that happen to me many times. So you're sitting there for five minutes talking about something, and, y you know, let's face it, many of us watch videos while we're um, uh, busy, right? And the sound is down. Well, no one's going to watch the video, but at least if you can have your mouse motions and stuff like that, then if you're if your audio is on mute or if you're, you know, low volume or something, at least you can see it. Yes, definitely. 
Now, other setup tips. What other setup tips do we have? What can we suggest to people who might be new at this or interested in uh, upping their game before we hit that record button, Sue? Yeah, so always think about the room that you're in and what's around you and the lighting. You know, back even back when we were teaching during the early shutdowns and we we talked about this Zoom on Zoom, you know, watch what's around you. You know, you don't want your... Um, cluttery room in the background think about some way to you know decorate the back of you but then think about the lighting in the room do not sit in front of the window or where the window is behind your back you're going to look like a shadowy silhouette try to have some sort of light on you whether it's a inexpensive ring light or just a lamp you know, for a while there, while Jeff and I were recording Tech Quote Coach Weekly videos, I I didn't have a nice light just yet. And I was using a lamp and it worked with the window in front of me doing the natural sunlight and such. So now this brings up the question of should you be in your videos? And, and we've been having a wonderful chat actually <laughs> yes. on, on the Facebook group. I, I, I kind of threw this on out there just to see and tickle the audience a little bit. But you know, and if I'm making a 30 second video and I'm sending it to my teacher, she doesn't need to see me in there. Right. It doesn't matter. Um, but there's a lot of coaches that that had a great idea for this. I had one coach um, administrator actually that said, if you're putting your video on the bottom corner of it, um, then nobody else can take it from you and claim it as themselves, which I thought was Different way of looking at things. It's a great point. Um, Things that we don't think about as coaches of, you know, borrowing each other's, acquiring each other's uh, video tutorials, if you will. Uh, For me, as 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 teacher cast, yes, I try to put myself on the bottom. Possibly, I just I like the the picture, the screen, the branding, if you will. But for my coaching videos at school, I don't because who cares? So. I agree with you when you're putting yourself in lighting microphone, uh, you know, don't put yourself in a spot where the triplets walk behind you, all of those different things, but 10 second videos for your teachers, just just make it and run with it. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I would definitely agree. So you have everything set up. It's time to record. And, and you had mentioned earlier the concept of being authentic and not playing a character. Um, sometimes that's hard to do, right? Sometimes you don't it, – it's hard. Like So many coaches are like, I don't like to do this. I don't like to be on a microphone. I don't know what to say. Uh, where do you fall on this? I mean, it, it's really never bothered me because I'm up talking to the teachers anyway. I'm just presenting the same material at this point, I'm talking to the microphone in front of me and they're going to see it. They're going to hear it. It's my peers. So when, I mean, when you get used to presenting, it really shouldn't bother you, but I guess that's definitely a personal thing, but just, you know, try to get over yourself and build up that confidence. You're making those videos. The teachers, my teachers tend to appreciate them. They're saying, Oh, I loved your video on this, or I went back and referenced that video on Google Forms. I had one this week say that to me. I'm certainly guilty of uh, playing YouTuber, right? And and, and trying to overdo it and, and having fun with it. Does that get you any more or less hits? I don't know. I would say if anything, it might get you less hits, right? Absolutely. 
But again, just be who you are. If, if you're a wonderful, amazing coach in an elementary or middle school, just be a wonderful elementary yeah, coach. Speak in your normal voice. Use your, I mean, if you're a Kentuckian like me, use that Kentucky accent and be proud of it and use it. Go. Now, another r- recommendation that I have is when you make your recordings, and this is a biggie, don't stop your recordings. If you make a mistake, just keep going. You know, in other words, I might say that Sue is wearing a wonderful red blue shirt, right? She's wearing a blue shirt, right? And and, and I put a little pause there because I'm not going to stop the recording. Now I have two different video clips or 25 different video clips. My biggest advice when recording is have one thing. Know that you're going to edit out the silence. Know that you're going to edit out your mistakes and and start to figure out how you edit. And then I always suggest do your recordings for that. Again, have one long tape or um, do your bulk of your recordings first. And then do your ending and put your ending at the beginning. As an example, a screencast is nothing more than a cooking video, right? So at the beginning of your screencast, it's going to say, by the time you're done, you're going to have this birthday cake. And then you start with, here's your ingredients, right? Now, obviously, you can't yes. record the birthday cake first. You have to record it at the end of the process. So if nothing else, do it all in one take. Figure out what the order of things are. You might just start your screencast with, in this video, you're going to learn how to and just run with it. The other thing I always recommend, and this is like my, my top tech tip number two, whenever you're typing or whenever you click a mouse, so that way a, 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 a website updates, do not talk at all. So many times, right? You're talking and you're typing and then you make a spelling mistake and you're like, oh, wait, I made a mistake or I spelled the word wrong. And look, it's okay to keep those in. But if you say now I'm going to type my name and then you type your name, you know, you can always edit. You can always cut things. You can always do it, whatever you need, or just use that time to shorten the video up. Nobody needs to watch you type. And then the other thing is how many times are you talking while doing your screen castings? You hit the button and you're waiting for the page to turn over, but it doesn't. (laughs) And you're like five seconds, eight seconds. And you're talking and you're like, Oh, I got to do anything. Got to cut this. So my suggestion You say something like, I'm going to click this button. Then you click the button, wait for the page to load, and then you just continue your sentence knowing that all of that editing time is going to be cut short uh, when you do get into your video editor. So one piece of tape, never speak over yourself and shorten everything, and your videos just naturally start to look more professional. Yes, I've definitely learned that on my own YouTube channel and working with this. And um, a lot of these suggestions Jeff has given me over the last couple of years as we've worked together and it's worked well. The other thing I'll say this about mouse movements and look, I am picky. I'm picky about this. But, you know, we all know that people edit things. We all know that things happen. But suddenly, like in the middle of your recording, your mouse is in a different spot. You know, Mm -hmm. if you make a mistake, just kind of. Don't move your mouse around, right? Just pick up your voice where it needs to be. Um, 
let's talk a little bit about publishing, right? Because I'm a big one, especially for podcasting, video editing. Know who your audience is. We've already talked about that, right? If you're 30-second screencast versus a YouTube-style video. But, you know, keep it to a viewable length. Know it. Is it is it a 30 second video that I need? Is it a 60 second video? Yes. Is it a five minute video? YouTube can handle five to eight minutes as a sweet spot, but I would never give my teachers an eight minute video and say, go watch this. Kind of weird, right? The same teachers that are on YouTube searching for eight minute videos, you wouldn't want to give them that as a coach. Absolutely. You know, think about it. If I'm going to sit there, oh, I'm going to do a Google Classroom training. I'm not going to do that all in one setting. I'm going to chunk it and put it into sections of how do I create a class? How do I join a class? How do I add people to my class? Chunk it into smaller, viewable, attention span worthy links. So true. Very, very true about that, right? Like I, I would rather as a as a building coach give you three videos that are skill specific. 90 seconds top 60 seconds tops then to give you one five minute video that you're just no um mostly because you know your audience you've got the you've got the quicker people the medium people the not so quick people right so you, you you give everybody what you need on that but i definitely know you know know your destination Usually on applications like we video they give you two options the standard def the high def nobody needs a high definition screencast number one it takes right. longer it's, it's more more hard drive space um and most importantly it just takes longer right yes. like wh- why why put out a 4k style video of how do you make a whatever using whatever application your teachers don't need that All right but you do have your standard sizes you know your regular size is, is what we call 1280 by 720 Bigger than that is 1980 by or 1920, 1920. by 720 uh, or 780. 1080. Say that again. 1920 by 1080. You don't have to remember these numbers, right? Like these are standard. You want you want standard def, high def, or mm-hmm. super high def, right? Like they're all kind of in there. Um, but you know, publishing is important. Do you put it on YouTube? Do you stick it into Google Drive? Do you stick it on Microsoft Stream? Obviously, for many teachers, Google-based, put your video into Google Drive. But if you're Microsoft-based, you can put that onto Stream. Um, you don't find a lot of teachers with YouTube, or a lot, you know, coaches with YouTube channels putting it on YouTube just for their second-grade teacher. But you know, whatever options that you have, um, you know, most people aren't going to be emailing large files to each other. Is the point? Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about graphics, right? This is the this is the last and final piece of this is do you need to make a graphic for your video? Sue, what do you think? I mean, if you're just making something for your teachers, it's totally not necessary at all. You know, it's going to kind of freeze frame at one spot. And a lot of times in that instance, you're going to put it in Google Drive anyway. Now, if you're trying to go more professional and go on YouTube, then yes, you'll want an inviting graphic for that. Totally agree. You know, it, it, we in our district are Microsoft based. We use Microsoft Stream, which is an internal YouTube. Um, have a lot of teacher cast videos online if you want to learn how to do all that stuff. Um, but for those 
I do make graphics, even if it is a 30 second graphic, because I know somebody might go to our stream channel and see it. So I'm, I'm building that for teachers to click on. But yeah, if I'm sending Sue a 30 second gra- uh, video, I'm not making a graph. There's no, there's no place for the graphic to go is the point. Exactly. So we want to know what you think. You know, we've talked about our different screencasting applications. We've talked about doing setups, recording, publishing graphics. If you have any questions about this, best place to do is head on over to our Facebook or our LinkedIn group. They're both called the Instructional Coaches Network for K-20 coaches and administrators. You can do a search on both of those platforms and join, uh, or you can head on over to askthetechcoach.com. Like I mentioned, this week is all about screencasting. This coming week, we are diving into a new topic And I'm excited to handle all of that stuff. Looking forward to seeing what the polls are. So I hope you guys have a chance to join all of that stuff and be a part of our TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button and share this podcast with your instructional coaching team. We'd love to have you be a part of our group. Sue, where can we learn more about the great stuff that you're doing this week? Come find me over on my YouTube channel at Susan Vincent's Tech Imaginations or on Twitter at SV314DWS. And before we leave, there's one more little commercial. This week on the 20th of January, our friends at the Google Educator Group from New England is going to be doing a live show um, all about New Year resolutions, things that are happening, all the new add-ons and stuff like that for the Google apps. So check all that stuff out over at GEG New England or GEGNewEngland.com. Lots of good stuff over there. And again, on Thursday of this week, we're doing our live show on Facebook, YouTube, etc. Of course, all the stuff here is over on AskTheTechCoach.com. I hope you guys like this show, and we'll see you guys again next week. On behalf of Sue and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.